Well, hey, kids, we are back for another wonderful, we hope, episode of You Never we Studied. We hope. We know. We know. We have foreknowledge of this. We will go further or farther than we Farther, can. further, faster, or however. Baby. Whatever she we'll says. We'll talk about that later. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Evan, along with Hans. And it is wonderful to be together again for another episode of You Never Studied. So this is the news media culture church podcast that we've been doing now for over two years is it over two years yeah we just said over congratulations congratulations to us we are in the numbered episode of like 72 or 73 something Hmm. like that um and uh throw in our after hours and and ask the experts and some of the other things and we're getting closer to 100 we're probably in the mid 80s uh now maybe 90 something like that so we uh we have been doing this a while and we're still not great at it, but thank you guys for coming every week. Particularly, we also, we would like to thank our sponsor each and every week, PlayBackyardGames.com. Uh, this is a great opportunity for you to stop what you're doing or continue to listen to this podcast, but also go... Stop what you're to, doing when you're done. Yeah, PlayBackyardGames.com and buy yourself something, some sort of backyard game that you can play with. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> yeah, 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 see? Yeah, see? Uh, so we, we hope that you take advantage of that. Also, uh, we would uh, love for you to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast software of choice, your apps, whatever you're using, the Spotify's, the Apples, the Googles. We got them alls. So that's what I got. You're on a roll. I am on a roll. I feel I feel good about tonight. I, I do, too. I, I actually feel like I'm just kind of getting old, getting long in the tooth, even though I'm a millennial. So why don't we talk about that in our first segment? Didn't you know? All right, Hans. You sent me this great article. It's okay. So, first of all, when somebody sends me a Medium article, I go, yeah. delete. Yeah. Like, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, you do your mediums. I'm like, no. Medium is where you claim an expertise and write about something. Correct. Because it the website Maybe looks Maybe we slick. should put this podcast on Medium. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. So, anyways, we saw an article this week, and it just made me chuckle, and I thought... Hey, let's do a little lighthearted that we can then kind of do a serious angle to if we we want. Yeah. But I would say, like, let's think about it. And when we were in high school, like starting in high school. Circa um, 1998, 97. Yeah, somewhere around there, late 90s. We were dealing with my favorite communication tool still. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it kind of and it kind of crackled like my mic just did. It wasn't like perfectly like the fidelity was not perfect. So if you don't know what that is, that is AOL Instant Messenger, and that became for Evan and me that was a huge mediator of our relationship at yes, a distance. Absolutely, as our families got dial up internet. Yes, and we. I, I remember we had two phone lines, and one was exclusively for the internet. Correct. Yes, and and. It, you know, in band for Jesus Fool and Hans 0098 yep. became the way to talk to one another. Yes, yes. And a lot, like, it's funny that, like, much of my communication is still mediated via text. Yes. And it I was not, just trained in it. We, 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 we were sending text messages through the internet before SMS even existed. And of course, now we're all still sending text messages through the internet. We're just using our iPhones. But we're to do also it. like, hey, look at this picture in yeah. this article, and Here's play the a, video from the you know from the the screen. Right, and and I also I'm sure you you remember this. You bought a mic from Walmart, and I bought a mic from Walmart, and then we were like, we can talk to each other through our computers now, even though we could have done that with our phones. But we were like, let's let's do it on the computer. There was this there was this idea at the time of like, 
what else can this machine do? Well, you and know? so and now, now, of course, we carry them in our pockets. This Medium article has a great term for us. Yeah. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> what, what, what's the term? I don't know. Can I hear it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the term is geriatric millennial, and it's... It's a specific age range yeah. of people who were born between 1980 and 1985. What's that? What what years did you say? Oh. So we so now there's a whole generation that's crammed into a 5-year span. Yes. And we're the geriatric millennials and the reason that we're awesome is because we can control this new hybrid workplace. We're the ones that can talk to the 60-year-old who doesn't know how a phone works and the 20-year-old who doesn't know what dial-up is. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> it's basically saying you're in the perfect place. Or can't type on a QWERTY because they only use their thumbs. <laughs> right. yeah. You're in the perfect place to navigate, navigate the old world and the new. Right? Kind of. <laughs> to navigate the old and the new and that five-year span is the reason that you can do it. Because if you were in that five-year span, then you know what it's like not to have technology, and you know what it's like to have AOL Instant Messenger. You know what it's like to have a non-smartphone and then to get to a smartphone. You know what it's like to live in a, like, it just, it lists all these reasons. In fact, if you want to go to those, uh, it, like, the first reason that ger geriatric millennials are as good as they are, uh, it says it like this. Geriatric millennials are best positioned to lead teams that will thrive in the hybrid workplace. Yes. We just talked about that. And so it gives this example of, like, Junior employees not knowing that their Zoom background needs to look better. Yeah, or or they're just not dressed very well, like, even though they're using visual communication. Like, they're like, dress like you would at the office. Don't just dress like you're a bum at your house, you know? Like, you're talking to clients, you're talking to people, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, but on the other side, geriatric millennials can teach traditional communication skills to your employees and digital body language <laughs> to older team members. Yep, yep, I saw that. Um, they talked about uh, uh, teaching younger members how to speak on the phone because they don't make business calls very often, right? So, you know, having to cold call or having to do things, you know, how to answer the phone politely. And uh, if the call yeah, wasn't no, for listen, me, Yeah, no, listen to message. this, listen yeah. to this. Someone called. Let's go ahead and role play this. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. So you're going to be Sam? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Someone called. Who? Bob. Uh, Bob from Idaho, from Minnesota? Not sure which. Well, what did he say? He asked you to call him back, bruh. <laughs> like I added the bruh. I added bruh. Yeah, and so the person had to email both Bobs that were in the contact list to figure out which one had called. And for this reason, being become they said becoming fluent in different communication styles is a key for leaders in the hybrid workplace. And it doesn't... I uh, We have uh, right now uh, no... No student ministry uh, person on uh, staff, right? No, no permanent person. But we do have three interns, aged. I think Emmy's twenty three. Okay. And uh, and uh, Kaylee is eighteen, and Kyle, who uh, is like brand new, like new to the church. Like we we headhunted him from like a different organization, and he's just going to be here for the summer as our guy intern. Is twenty. So like uh, you know now I am like, a, my son's eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you are you are definitely closer in age to my oldest kid than you are me. Uh, and so I'm, uh, it, it is interesting to know that like, yeah, these kids probably haven't used a touchstone phone. 
Yeah. Like, 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 like they're the kids that when they act like you're on the phone, they don't use their pinky and their thumb. They yeah. just hold their hand up to right. their ear because and, they only know or, rectangles. Or if, they, or if you say, hey, mime taking a picture, like pantomime, they just do the weird thumb thing <laughs> instead of like yeah. holding the thing in front of your yeah. face and clicking your two fingers. Because they, for them, a camera has always just been like yeah, a smartphone Yeah, you just camera. press your screen. Or maybe if they really remember a flip phone cell phone camera, which still would have been just pressing a button. Like it, it's always just holding a thing. Yeah. So, so there really is, there's, you know, uh, a post-modernity thing that always gets talked about is like more has changed in the last 50 years than in the last 500. More has changed in the last 20 years than in the last 50. Like that, that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know how you quantify that, but 50 years in the last 500, definitely true. Like for 500 years, like we were like, yeah, horses and swords are cool. Uh, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden around the industrial revolution, we were like, oh, world's going to change quite a bit. Hope you all can keep up. Yeah. Because like Laura Ingalls Wilder, like grew up with, um, like covered wagons and watched things go to space, like in the same <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. You know, so it's like really weird. And like, similarly, like our computers used to be things that you plugged into a phone line physically that were giant boxes, you know, that had more, you know, more or less the memory on it that like a single GIF might have. <laughs> and, and we did all our stuff on them. Right. And so these, these whereas like these potent, like devices that we all carry around in our pockets now, like, these people that are just a few years older than, or younger than us, uh, they don't know uh, well, how, how good they've got it. And the, and the third reason was the geriatric millennials like us. We we're the most aware. We we're on the we have the pulse. Yeah, of the know. constant changes. We, we're fine with we're fine with putting cat videos on TikTok or. <laughs> Or being on LinkedIn, looking or taking great, a looking walk great. with your grandma. That's right. We can do it all. Yeah, this this article because it's a medium article does sort of have a funny. Uh, uh, we're the best sort of vibe. To so it. yeah, here's here's what I um, here's what I would like, and I'll say what I what I think is lame. Okay. Okay. So what I like is the fact that I do think in in if you get really reductionistic about it. That general thesis is true, that there is a generation of people who are probably late 70s into the mid 80s who who navigated that the, the chain. They were kind of riding the wave and they yes. didn't and they didn't know it. Yeah. And so there is that like where all these things are coming up. And as we're growing up, we're coming across new technologies and we kind of learned how to absorb that technology. So. Even at 37, 38, 40, mm -hmm. you can you can go, oh, okay, well, I'll just learn that. Yeah. Like, and so, like, there's not an aversion afraid of it. to learning yeah. a new thing. Right. Um, but you're also totally fine just kind of doing whatever you do. Well, and it, so so it's interesting. Um, we've talked about the um, the Oregon Trail generation mm -hmm. um, before. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe no, we not have. on the show, but yeah. So, like, the Oregon Trail generation is this same idea. But it, but it's a little wider, right? Like, like uh, it would swallow up like our older siblings as well. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so people that were born in the late seventies or like right at nineteen eighty, um, uh, up until about like eighty four, you know, something like that. So, um, and 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 I, I wonder if the term geriatric millennial versus Oregon Trail generation or Zennial, um, is is also just to make this more exclusive to this yeah, person. Yeah, I mean, and it's also to stick. Actually, yeah. I haven't read the follow-up on, like, where people listen to the term and they kind of respond. Yeah. <clears throat> so the term is funny. Here's the thing that I think bugged me a little bit, or as a... It, I won't say it bugged me. I'll just give my pastor take. So I'll, I'll remove the bugged. All right. But everybody, and I really believe this, everybody is trying to 
communicate what their value is sure. to the world that right. we're in. And so if somebody can grab a medium article and they can say, <clears throat> here's what we can do. Yeah. Right. I think part of that is if I can define who I am for the greater good and, and also probably a little pridefully be that, have that be the reason that you need me yes. and, and my, my unique value to this space then you feel like you get a little indispensable. Yeah. So on one side, it's we all want to try and know how we fit in. On the flesh side, it's we all want to like no one's going, hey, we fit in and we fit in by being the people everybody dumps on. Yeah. Right. Like that's our role and we need to embrace it. It's like, no, 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 you need me because I'm awesome. And if you didn't have me, you would have nothing. Yeah. And uh, I I get the um, I get what you're saying. And I agree. I, this article has a little bit of a take of. Don't lump me in with the the millennials that like you hate and are you know just trying to yeah, get yeah. There's their, a five year run yeah, where we're awesome. Yeah, that you're trying to get their new uh, Jamba Juice copycat startup off the ground. Like that's not me. I work in an office. You know, that, like or whatever. <laughs> like that's silly uh, for a lot of reasons because like most millennials now are mid thirties, like have kids, have jobs. Like a lot of millennials are thirty something now. Like and so when a lot of people say millennials even, they're like I'm like, Do you mean Gen Z? Uh, do you mean adults? Like- <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, do you mean like people that have like mortgages and pay taxes and have like learned how to do all the things you don't think they've learned how to yeah. do yet? Um so there is a little bit of that. There was a lot of the baby boomer millennial divide, like uh people were like, Oh, millennials don't know how to do anything. I was like, Most millennials I know at this point know how to do most of the things that they need to know how to do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so there there is a little bit of that in here. It feels like we're going like here's how savvy geriatric millennials are. Geriatric I don't know. I don't know about uh these younger pups, uh, you know. And so that that's a little silly. And I agree, like there there's a little bit of like trying to justify your own existence. That's the um, part that I think everybody's trying to do. Yeah. And you just go like I get why you do that, and and if you kick it into the realm of church life, you want to you don't want people to have to justify who they are to you. You don't want them to have to kind of like say, no, let me tell you why I'm valuable yeah, here, yeah, 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 right? Like let me let me tell you why you need me. Let me like that's the part where you just go, hey, in church life, you're not defined by the year you were born. Yeah, uh, you're not defined by whether or not you can text and write a handwritten note. Like that's not what's going to make make or break you here. Well, and it's one body, many parts, right? Like there's not a gatekeeper that's like, oh, no more hands. Sorry, yeah. got enough. And it's know? by it's by gifts that the Lord endows. Yeah. And it's not by, well, the people who are 80 to 85 are the, on the right side right. of the room and the 90 to 95, yeah. they're over here. We need to we need to split things up by <laughs> micro generations, by how like I mean, so that's yeah. not what you do. So while we're trying to figure out who we are based upon the year we were born and how we fit into society, the church needs to to take on the mantle of, well, they need to honor old mm-hmm. and they need to help everybody function based upon their giftedness. Yes. Which is actually going to get you into the space that I think this article wants you to get, which is you're going to have to learn how to interact with everybody. Yes. Because in the life of the church, if you're functioning in the body, if you're actually an engaged and committed church member, you have to deal with the other person who's working beside you. Yeah, who's not like you or not or doesn't have the same affinities as you, is not from the same place you're from, all that stuff. So yeah. that's what the church gets to be in, in when I look at something like this. I go, yeah, the article's true, but church life gets to teach us some different ways to view people. That's good. 
Yeah, and I that, like it. And so that was my take there and and helps us not feel the need to prove our existence and our worth to those around us, which is always going to be, I think, it will always be the cry of the person who doesn't know the Lord. And sometimes it's the cry of the person who does know the Lord because they still want people to say, hey, you matter. Yeah. And here's why you matter. Yep. So that would be some of my take on this article. It was, of course, a little jovial. Uh, it's a funny term. Yes, and, it is a silly term. And part of it is like term. marketing. Like it's yes. just like, well, now you know the term. Yeah, the Zennial and the Oregon Trail haven't caught, so maybe geriatric, geriatric millennial is going to get it done. And I think well, it will. We'll see. I don't know. Well, maybe I won't see because my eyesight's so bad That's because right. I'm a geriatric <laughs> millennial. Well, hey, I just actually finished up a book written by a guy who's neither of these things because he's dead. Oh, okay. Well, let's, uh, well, he used to be geriatric then. Yeah, he was never a geriatric millennial. No, that's true. In fact, he was born about the time your youth intern or whoever was, or he died about the time your youth intern was born. So, All right, well, let's talk about this book. Hit the books. Okay, so I have recently reread a book. And this is going to be, again, for my leader book club that I do. Aha. We're heading into our summer session, and summer session is reading a book that's just basically short chapters on leadership. And it was a book that I read early on in my seminary career and have now reread to prep for my book club. And it's interesting that the old geriatric millennial in me <laughs> is learning new things and seeing my own growth as a leader oh. in regard to what <clears throat> I I care about in this book. You may have heard of it before. Uh, my brother Dale has read this and likes it, I believe, or I bought it for him. I don't remember. But this book I recommend, and they're like, hey, do you have a book on leadership that uh. you would like anybody to read in the life of the church. I don't go to anything but J. Oswald Sanders' Spiritual Leadership. Yep. I don't know if, listener, you have read this book, but this book is basically a a collection of lectures or teachings that were then put into book form. And so every chapter is just, it's it's about 22 chapters, I think, is the final, at least in the version that I was reading. Uh, Yeah, 22 chapters. And then my version has study questions at the end or whatever else. The cool thing I like about a book written by a guy who died is that, yeah, he might still have some skeletons in the closet that you find out about later in life, Mm -hmm. but... Like at least they've they've run the the race, yeah. yeah. And and you're going okay. I don't have to take the Heibel's book off the shelf on leadership. <laughs> like this one can stay, yeah. And and that's one of the values of reading books about people who no longer exist, right. at least in their physical form on this sure. earth. As you go, hey, it's great. Yeah. So first of all, really digestible content. Second of all, he talks about leadership as both a something that you you can't just do because it's something God brings you into. And at the same time, also something that you might be, have some natural endowment toward. Okay. So he's kind of like, Hey, you can't just be a leader. God has to make you that, but also you might do some evaluation and go, are there things in me that would help me be a leader? So it's a little bit of both. Anyways, I think the reason I like this is because it gives anybody who's talking with leaders great things to talk about chapter by chapter. With my leader book club, we're going to do seven chapters a discussion, like because you can get through. That's about 50 pages. It's not a lot of reading. So okay. seven chapters of discussion. 
And I'm going to tell you some of the differences between Hans reading it however long yeah, ago, you, 10, so 12, 15 years you ago. Read, you read it a long time ago, and you underlined stuff. I now read it, and I underlined, and then maybe I reread it. I don't know the last time I did, but I, I now read and write in blue pen. Now the whole book is <clears> underlined. And so blue pen is what I did, and whenever I was doing this, I was into my like my pencil stage or my uh. black pen stage. So a little bit different, but I'm going to tell you some of what I remembered then and what I what I like now. So I I remember very clearly when he gives some like essential characteristics of leadership, uh, things when he talks about like how you manage your time and being disciplined. And I remember being a younger minister minister in training and going, I need to, yeah, I need to go to bed at a decent hour. I need to wake up right. I need you know, I, I, I there's this part that's a little ambitious in the book, which is where he's. He's going, if you're not going to want to work hard as a leader, you're not going to be a world changer. Now, he's not appealing to the flesh in that. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being a little more deliberate in my language. But it's really like you got to put in the work if you want to see transformation or else you're just going to be lazy and boring. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember being a younger minister and going and really being challenged by, by somebody like that. Now, now I, 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 I have the seminary education. I did the seminary education again. I'm a dozen years into pastoring. And I'm like, you know, I'm cool lasting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know if I can take the hill for 40 years. Yeah. You know, I can, I can make runs at the hill, but like lasting is going to be really important for me. And so I remember being really challenged by like the lead, mm-hmm. that kind of, that tone. And now the things that I find myself attracted like to in drawn the book to, yeah. are like, you better be interested in developing people yeah. because they're not going to be here after you're gone. Or you're, you're like, like they're going to yeah. be people after you're gone and your success is going to be based on yeah. how the thing is doing when you're no longer there. Yeah. And I find, I remember reading, reading it the first time in the back half of the book going, nah, this is okay. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've never read these chapters you're in a different before. stage of life and, and ministry. And so it was yeah. interesting to watch. And this is, I think, the value of rereading books is things that you really found yourself drawn to, then you read now and go, that's great. Or you might even go, hey, praise God, like, I actually think I'm more disciplined here. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely get up earlier now yeah. than I did when I first read this book and was exposed to that idea. I'm like, maybe I should get up at seven. You know, like, like, like that yeah. was like me then. And so I see you, you can kind of praise God to go, I'm so glad that the Lord actually did form in me some of these things that I remember wanting to be more like. At the same time, you go, and now. I really feel like my leadership concern is that part of replacing and lasting and developing. It makes sense. Because man. you realize that your legacy is much more about what the Lord is doing past you. Yeah. Not in you. And there's this moment where you get a little less concerned about what's in it for you and you really just go, I just want to I just want to do what matters. Yeah. And so I find for anybody who would want to read this book that if they give it a run, it's going to first of all go real they can fly through it. Secondly, if you're if you just want to get exposed to both solid biblical content on leadership and just hear somebody who's been through it talk to you about, hey, you can't lead well if you cannot manage your time. Yeah. And if you're not disciplined or if you don't care about people or you're unwilling to serve, like if you're not going to be that person, then you're in the wrong line of work. And so it gives you some real good challenges. Uh, but it also just tempers it with, but you better be filled with the spirit, <laughs> like because you can't live Amen. this life otherwise. So very good book, cool man. I'm excited to be discussing it with our leaders. We had our first conversation today, um, and so spiritual leadership. J. Oswald Sanders, grab yourself a copy.
on Amazon. And if you need some help, let me know because I'll help you type in the, the words myself. So speaking of leadership, there is one cinematic leader as it relates to potentially getting people back to the movies. And I want to talk about that in our study break. What do you want to talk about? All right, so you mentioned it last week on the on the uh, the Border podcast, uh moving a stone. Um and we talked about uh just uh briefly at the while <clears throat> while you were talking about not liking uh the Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy show. Yeah. I mentioned that Marvel had released a teaser for Phase 4. Mm-hmm. And after that was done, I showed it to you. And you were like, I think your reaction was something like, oh, wow, you know? And and so I want to talk to you about the final phrase in that trailer, which was, see you at the movies. And so it was it was clearly designed to stir our affections for those of you that don't know we'll link to it in the show notes but it was a it was sort of a it was sort of a look back at everything marvel had done so far all the way up through endgame then they Mm -hmm. showed a scene from the theater in endgame with people cheering when captain america grabs the hammer and says assemble and all that stuff um so and then they started showing new stuff they showed some of the stuff that we've already seen with shang chi Mm -hmm. black widow they showed some new stuff from Eternals. Yeah. And then they showed title cards for all of the other Phase 4 movies. Including, That's right. you know, Guardians 3 and a bunch of... I mean, they have know. release dates for years. It's like, right, yeah, yeah, no. 2021, and, 2022, and so 2023, They're, they're sort of going, okay, COVID, you know, kind of moving into the rearview mirror now. We're, we're confident that this is going to be our slate. Here's the, the trailer to get everybody excited. And then they say, see you at the movies. Mm-hmm. So, are they going to see you at the movies, Hans? They're going to see me at the movies? Yeah. Are they going to see you at the movies? Yeah. Um, okay, so first, in watching that however many minutes of just Yeah, how to make you feel. I thought they did a really good job. And they did the job that only they can do. Because, like, the DCEU can't hold a candle. Right. To, I, th- I would say even Star Wars and other <clears throat> IPs. Like, like, like because nobody, it, nobody has got the feels. They just built this world. Yeah, yep. To make it all matter. Right. And so you're like, of course I want... Like, you're bought in from the beginning because you're seeing all this stuff. You're seeing how it fits. Then you're like, oh, I got to see that stuff. So in regard to its effectiveness, man, was it doing... Was it doing what anybody would want it to do, which is like make you want to see these movies. Yeah. Am I going to go to the theater and like, what's the first one coming out? Black Widow, July 9th. Black Widow, July 9th. Black Widow is doing a simultaneous release on Disney Plus, though. Okay, a simultaneous release, I am no doubt going to buy at home. Me too. Yeah. Like, if you're giving me the option to spend 20 bucks now or 30 bucks now 30. versus, yeah. um, you know, a movie a movie theater experience and... I can pause it, I, I, can, I can get And snacks. I can watch it again. Yeah, and I like eat a cheeseburger. <clears throat> it's just in my, yeah, yeah Disney now Plus I have history. It. Yeah. And so I, if, if you're going to, if you're going to release it, Concurrently, I am definitely not going to the theater for that. Yeah. If I, if you're going to force me to get to the theater to see it, and are some of these going to be theater only, or we don't know? I think Black Widow is the only concurrent, and okay. after that, it seems like Shang Chi is going to be theater only because Shang Chi is this fall, I believe, maybe August. So yeah, yeah. So my take on, on that as just a person who who is lived COVID is seeing great progress who is not vaccine hesitant. Right. 
is I would not have a problem going to a theater to see these movies. September 3rd. Okay. I would not I would not be concerned if I put it that way about going to the movies. I will say my desire to get up and go to the theater is still not real strong. Like, you know, whereas previously when when these movies were coming out, I was like, we have to go to the theaters to see this. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm more like, huh, okay. I I can wait on that. Like so so motivation is not high. Like concern for going to a theater is not is not yeah. high. Uh but motivation to go see some of these, if if that were my only place. Yeah. Not that significant, honestly. Okay. I mean, it doesn't mean I won't do it or if you say, Hey, can we go see this? Like I'm not gonna be like, ah, no. Yeah. But I just I'm just not feeling phase four theater. Yeah. So I'm I'm similar and I think it has to do with the fact that we've got three really interesting movies kicking off phase four, if that makes sense. So I want to go back to the theater and, and I, I may go back to the theater before you. I'm not sure if I will go back to the theater before. I bet I'd go before you because I'm the one who's like, Oh, if you want to go to the theater, sure. But, but here, here's the thing. You go to the theater typically for movies that I would be like, eh, I don't know that I want to go to the theater for that. Um, so if there were something else that were playing and you were like, I just kind of want to go to the movies, you know, you would go. Whereas I would be like, I mean, I like going to the movies, but I'm not sure I want to go to the movies to see, you know, the latest, you know, Jack Ryan movie or something. Yeah. yeah. See, Whereas I, like, you would be like, why not? That would be a great movie to go see in the yeah, movies. I know. And so yeah. like, and if my neighbor Nick wanted to go to the theater with me, I'd be like, of course, Nick, like, let's, let's go. So yeah, yeah like I'm not like, I, there were some movies. I mean, there's some movie experiences that I remember uh, for example, like Mission Impossible Six or whatever we saw, like didn't you, didn't we go see that together? I actually did not go. You see weren't a that part of that you. crew. It was I like was me, not, Kevin. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was, you I were for, invited. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I was invited, and I I, could, I had something. And like I, like, I, I thought that was yeah. a great experience. Um, what what else was it? Like like there were some. I know uh, Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. Uh, but like there were some. I was like, I really enjoyed the moment. Of, yeah. Like we're gonna go sure. do this. Yeah. And I'm just not, I'm not that space. Yeah. And so now it's like, hey, if three people want to go check something out and like we, it, it all lines up. So great. I think for me, I, I imagine I'll see Shang-Chi in the theater. I won't see Black Widow in the theater, likely. I, in, in, unless it's somebody like, hey, I'm going to see Black Widow. Do you want to come? Yeah. Um, but Andrea's not going to go in the theater probably July 9th. I would imagine, knowing, again, same thing. She's like, if we can see it at home, let's just see it at home. Because I'm going to have it. Andrea loves Black Widow. So the idea of like being like, I can revisit it if I buy $30. And if the two of us go at night and buy food, that's $30 anyway. So let's just have food here at our house and watch this and pause it to pee and not miss stuff and all that. So like for her, the theater doesn't like Trump. Yeah. Like, uh, whereas for me, the theater is an experience and I like to go. So there'd be certain movies that would definitely make me go. Oh, I need to see that. I mean, but really the year and a half hiatus is like, Okay, I'm like. It, oh, see, not me. See, that's that's what that's what I'm saying. That that's so, the difference. So that's, I'm not. I'm not. That's like, the difference. I want to go back to the theater, but Marvel's giving me a Black Widow movie, which like I, I of the three, that would be the one that if they had said theaters only, I'd be like, dang it. Well, that's an established character that I really like that I want to go see. But they're giving us that one first, and they're giving us the ability to buy. Yeah, they're it. easing you in, and then they're <laughs> doing a, a a movie about a character that you've never heard of. That's the, that's the other part, and, you go, and then you're like, I mean, I, I in Marvel I trust, but also I don't really know anything about Shang Chi other than what I've read online, uh, and the Mandarin and Ten Rings and all that. Like, 
and that seems cool, but you haven't even like shown any cameos of existing. Like, you know, like I'm sort of wanting, I'm wanting you to, to woo me back with things that are more familiar and they're giving me new things. All the familiar stuff is on TV where I already live at Disney plus. We got Loki and WandaVision and, and Falcon and winter soldier and all of the new properties are, are movies. And so it's, it, and I think that that was a really, really smart play when there was no COVID-19 and they were operating on the post end game momentum of just being like, we're going to release a bunch of new stuff after end game because we're just going to have massive goodwill. And now we've got a year and a half in between, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Spider-Man homecoming uh, or far from home and like these movies. And I'm just going, man, yeah, that, that, that makes it, that definitely makes well, it but harder. Also though, think about this. If they also have, like the TV shows running, like yeah. I'm like, well, I'm gonna watch Loki, yeah, and I'm not gonna be as concerned about catching the movie of whatever I need to see because yeah. like you're you are feeding me well, stuff I want to see. So this is this is funny. I heard this on another podcast. Loki is airing on Wednesdays. Did you did you notice? Oh no that no no. They moved Loki from Fridays to Wednesdays, and people were trying to figure out because like you know our uh this is little little nerdy trivia for you but our our days of the week are based on Norse names right like Thursday is oh, Thor's so you can't day have it on Thursday uh, and uh Friday is Freya which was their mom and Wednesday is Woden's day or Odin's day uh and so people were like what does this mean and I'm like probably nothing I think it just it moved probably it. means yeah. go to the theater on Friday because Black Widow's <laughs> coming out on Friday <laughs> Which is, right. what, which is what I think. Yeah. So like about midway through Loki, Black Widow comes out. And so I, I really think they're just getting their marketing machine firing again. And they're kind of trying to do all this. And they can put some teaser yeah. into their like, you know, or, or, on that Wednesday's episode to, to get you to get Some people the have even speculated because Loki was originally announced that it was going to come out in May. Mm-hmm. And then Black it Widow. And, and then Black Widow was announced that it was going to come back in May. And then they moved... Black Widow to July and Loki to June. And so some people are wondering if Loki has something in it that can't be because it's a time travel movie. They're like, what if he time travels into the Black Widow movie or something like that? And like they have to have that out first or whatever. I doubt it's that, but uh, I'm I, I I know that Marvel is trying to kind of you know ratchet up all their their marketing again. And it it felt great. Like it made me go, oh, I do want to go back to the movies. But it was literally the title cards of all of the sequels, more than these three movies on the front end, two of which are originals, Eternals and uh, and Shang Chi, that I don't know a lot about. And so I'm a little bummed that it's not like we're getting Thor four, you know, right out of the gate, or we're getting Guardians three, or or even like Ant Man three, or yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange and the Do- Multiverse. Yeah, give and, me something. Give and, me a property I've seen yeah, and I'm invested and, in. And and so instead we're getting these new properties. Um, it kind of feels like when Daredevil was on Netflix, and you're like, I mean, I okay, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get give it to it. Sh- I'll, I'll get give to it, it a shot. Yeah, and so I, I'm more interested in the Eternals just because I want to see a team movie, and I think the stakes are going to be pretty high. Shang Chi, the stakes don't look that high. Black Widow, the stakes don't look that high. So like, I would like to see like big superhero stuff again too, and and I think some of these are maybe a little bit smaller films. Um, Eternals, they're like alien gods so i would figure the it's going once once we get there that that's yeah. gonna that's gonna be a lot bigger now, and probably call in more that heroes being from other said places. i would guess that marvel's gonna have no problem getting people back to the theaters i know I, I think that we are just kind of running with different motivations yeah and and i i think that again like oddly 
what's gonna and this is probably the this is I'm probably a symptom, right? Like 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 I am I am a, I am the problem, which is like give me something established that I already know to get me back in the theater. Don't don't try and draw me in with something new. And so I had told you walking in tonight that I was like, I bet it'll be Fast and Furious Nine. That'll probably be what gets me back to the theater because I watched all of the Fast and Furious movies over the last two years and I've never seen any of them in the theaters and they're hilarious and silly and I would love to go back to the theater and just feel silly and exhilarated and escape again. And that's kind of what I want, which I know Marvel will give me too, but it it won't give it to me the way the Fast and the Furious <laughs> 9 will for sure because it's going to have a rocket car and Vin Diesel and, you know, and uh, ludicrous. And so, uh, you know, there's just something... There's something different about about it, you know. I agree, and I think we have theatered it out. I agree. I think it's probably time to be done. So, Hans, why don't you take us out? Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. See you at the movies. I'm going to be a geriatric millennial (laughs) and not really be too enthusiastic. I'm just going to say I appreciate your patronage of our (laughs) website, and I look forward to seeing you the next time. Don't forget that we have ways that you can engage with us, and you can find those at youneverstudied.com. And if you need any help, you can email us at youneverstudied at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to follow up. Or you can write us a regular letter with postage. Put it in the mailbox. And if you want to FaceTime me and you have my number, go ahead. You, if you're an Android user and you don't know how to FaceTime, we'd be happy to uh, do a Google Hangouts with you as well. We would do that and buy you an iPhone. All right. JK. <laughs> Which stands for just kidding for you older people. <laughs> <laughs>